I have no idea what episode of the USS Reliant are currently on. It is a game by friends who like telling stories, uh, some former Foundry authors, some streamers, and just some people who really enjoy roleplay both um, in Star Trek Online and out of Star Trek Online. The game is based around Star Trek Online, where the crew of this ship takes a very varied and different um, story than a player character might encounter. Um, I'm going to just uh, say, uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Start at the top and like just work your way down. <laughs> say who you are and what you do. Tanga. Elenis, you're muted. She's having um, issues right this second. Eli, introduce yourself. I am Dr. Eli O'Connor, the ship's CMO. The most suave man on the ship. Green Dragoon? Uh, I'm Green Dragoon, and I am playing Ensign Jenic Rosso security officer, and only coincidentally, Redshirt. Hi, I'm Gerilyn. I play Kara Junrani, the ship's con officer. Our ship is going to get giant crab claws soon. I'm totally going to try to Malia Borg cube. And I'm Duncan Idaho. I play the ship's captain, Marcus Graves, as well as the ship's mascot, Lieutenant Darty. And I am Casmodian. I play the ship's science officer, Quentin Reynolds, and I do science to things. And I am the chief engineer um, playing, well, I am Bezak, but I play chief engineer Rick Tear, Thor, and I guess it's now time for our chief science person. Security. Security. That's what I meant. So, actually, real quick, while Alenis is getting in, I should also mention that though you won't hear them, we also have present with us uh, Starfire Theta, who plays an exocomp gaining sentience called Oakley. Um, and I'm Alenis Kendra, playing Alenis Kendra, ship exo. You'll also uh, hear our friend, the grumpy old Nord, up in um, here as we get started at some point, and um, plays the ship's counselor, and Reliant has on it an all-faiths chapel, which he oversees as well. So, beginning tonight's adventure, crew has just spent six days traveling toward toward the neutral zone toward a start toward Starbase K-7 report to Commander Naomi Wildman um, she she oversees operations in the neutral zone and has already sent ahead orders for for uh, chief security officer um is, is or rather your chief tactical officer is going to be taken off of the ship. Um, you have two new officers 
um, that are hop that are going to be coming on board. And this adventure begins just as the ship is uh, beginning. It is the seventh day since they received word that they were to um, essentially. Uh, their mission was changing to a search and rescue operation for ships lost in the combat within the neutral zone. And as the as the crew grew closer, um, Borg came. Uh, ports of Borg activity and the beginnings of what uh, you saw during Deep Space Nine during the Dominion War when there were the charts on the walls of the destroyed ships and the um, and the officers lost in the line of duty and that now is just outside of the what, what passes for the bar on, on board the Reliant and as I said we're going to be beginning on uh, uh we're we're going to be beginning today's uh or tonight's adventure um in that seventh day as the group is arriving and um uh, we'll begin with uh the news as soon as uh the grumpy old nord introduces himself greetings and salutations everyone <laughs> Chaplin is in. So, the, um, uh, the news as you arrive at K7, um, the news, the news packet that you, you received a couple of hours ago, um, already had a lot of bad information, uh, that, that, that wasn't really fun for anyone to discover that, um, and in addition to the Borg kind of uh, scouting or probing squadrons into the Karat system, uh, yesterday Borg cubes and spears arrived in the Karat system, immediately launching, um, uh, immediately launching a uh, contingent to both moons. Where at one of the moons, a a fight between um, a, a large Klingon carrier ship and a and an Odyssey class uh, resulted in a huge chunk of one of the moons uh, being kind of torn. It, the moon was torn off its axis um, because. It, ships exploded um and that ship is of uh, of course listed as USS North Star um although um a very very small number of crew survived um most certainly um much of the command staff survived of of the that uh, of that ship and um the news you get when you arrive at K7 is that the cubes and the spheres, in addition to assimilating a moon, well, both moons, really, one is just no longer a, a full moon. 
um, they began to build something in space and it seems to be sizable. And when you, and, and that was the last word you got before you arrived at K7. And what you're all hearing now is that it appears that the Borg are building a unimatrix in the Karat system. And your command staff is uh, the, the commander of the station um, is, um, is requesting a meeting with your command staff uh, that, is, you know, that can be held in your meeting room. You know, one of those, um, of those meetings where the, uh, the, the admiral gives you the orders and she's on the screen and you're, um, and you're sitting in your, uh, in your ship's, you know, senior staff meeting room. Um, that's kind of, you know, the information that you guys have, and I'm going to open it up to whatever people would like to be doing when you arrive at K7, bearing in mind that your scheduled layover time is, like, your scheduled stop time here is not more than four hours. So, um, essentially, you've got four hours here with some of it being taken up by meeting with the commander while you while your ship is undergoing refit um there you go guys that's where you would like to pick it up wants to go to the ship's bar with me or not the ship the the station's bar with me Waitley is already there and halfway on his way to a damn good drunk. Well, I guess I'm joining him in the bar. Kara is overseeing the arms being positioned and installed on her very, very precious to her reliant. Uh, Rick's just sort of flitting from project to project, making like keeping up aware of what's going on with the arms, what's going on with the Borgalco, making sure the power level's right. Checking this, checking that, just making sure everything is going uh, is up tr is as up to standard as much as it can be. Lieutenant Tardigrade is in his quarters, having a spiritual journey after his encounter of last time with Mothman. Did Did you say Mothman? Yeah, that was the last episode. I w I wasn't there that night, and I still haven't. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I need to listen to that episode, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but Graves could be, uh, let's say he's on the bridge. I am going to be in sick bay, probably triple checking the triple redundancies that I've installed for this stupid alcove. And okay. Can't touch anything. Okay. Um, that puts um Quentin in his science blues in the med bay, and um, and you hear a female voice behind you, but it's got a timber and an echo in it, Quentin. And uh, you hear, are you Doctor Eli O'Connor? No, I'm not certain where he is right now. 
you can check with his orderly over there. Um, I'm afraid I can't be much help. I see you're working on my alcove, and when you turn to look at her... Um, I actually probably bang my head. When, yeah, when because um, as pointed out, she's not... Her picture is here. There we go. I'll put it in game time chat. That is the person standing behind you. Skin is extraordinarily pale and doesn't seem to have um, any of the normal pigmentation uh, that skin should have. It looks like she's been drained of that. Um, and she... She has what amounts to a very large Borg headpiece on the left side of her head that has what you can immediately tell being a science officer. It has a an, an kind of an onboard medical scanner, and that's what the large kind of uh, that that um, almost like radar dish off of the side there. Um, it moves around kind of on its own. So she's looking at you and that little radar disc thing is moving around and the eye is not currently shining red. And you can also tell the light within it is not red. It is blue. Um, she says, I see you are working on my alcove. Uh, yes, um, we've got just about everything locked down and it ready to use, just making sure everything is ship-ship-shape. She walks over to the alcove without another word to you, um, touches the side of it with the hand um, that has a, it has another scanner on it. This looks more like a readout scanner. It almost looks as if um, this is Starfleet technology that is interfacing with Borg tubes that come from underneath of and through the arms of her medical jacket. And the hand has that kind of uh, seven of nine uh, style covering over it where it like laces down the fingers and she, she touches the sides of the alcove and um, does will do quite nicely. If um, there is a way to inform Dr. O'Connor that I am here, I should like to meet my new... Um, uh, would she call him? I should like to meet my new... Um, colleague? Colleague. Yes, colleague would be the right word. She says, I should like to meet my new colleague. Computer, locate Dr. O'Connor. The computer beeps back and tells you that Dr. O'Connor is currently on board Deep Space K-7 in the K-7 lounge. Well, I, I'm afraid that he's not on the ship at the moment. Let's see. I shall make myself at home. And she sets down the smallest, like... She didn't come in carrying any kind of, like, suitcase. She has a small, like, um, briefcase-sized uh, case that she brought in with her that has a little bit of 
uh, it looks like a lo the locking technology has a little bit of board technology in it, and she sets it down um, in place next to the um, next to the operating table, and the light on her eye comes on, and she begins to scan the operating table. I am going to finish up my final scans and make my way out the door, rubbing my head absently and uh, just not avoiding her, but avoiding her. Okay, that makes total sense. She is uh, she is a little bit um... intense. Let's go with intense. Okay, go with intense. That that works and. Um... Kendra passes. Okay, go ahead. Kendra passes Quentin rubbing his head in the hall. You okay, hon? I just met our new doctor. Okay. Is she uh, in the sick bed? She is. I believe she's waiting for our CMO to come back. Come back. Where'd he go? I believe he's caught a case of shore leave. Oh, dear. All right. Well, I guess I should go greet her. Um, I'll see you in a bit. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I'm going to cut up to the bridge. Cara, best place to monitor the things that they are putting onto your ship is either... In the actual um, A's where they replace the pods or from your station on the bridge, where would you prefer to be? Kara's going to be on her station on the bridge. Okay. Uh, Marcus is here Marcus. on the bridge, too. Is Ensign Moon on the bridge? Uh, he is. He's at his normal seat, which is about uh, six feet off to the left of you. Um, go right ahead. Ensign Moon, could you do me a favor and come over and take over for me? I want you to take a look at these calibrations. She stands up. He heads over and sits down. Um, do you leave anything specifically for him to find, or, you know? Specifically, it's just showing the power levels going to the arms as they're being installed. She was getting ready to actually say some more. I just want you to know, Ensign, that due to my security training, I'm likely to be called away on an away team on this mission. When that happens, you're going to be in charge of piloting the ship. I have complete faith in you. Thanks. These arms are going to be a hell of a thing. They will be really. indeed. That's all he says when he's like really checking how the the power levels are working, and he says they're really going to it's going to feel heavy. And you realize, um, go ahead and make a, um, say, a Kara Junrani character sheet. Where is that? There it is. Let's see. Make an insight and, an insight and command role. Your target number is 12. And humans don't count as animals, so you don't get uh, a focus on it. It's nothing like hyper important, so you know. One success, success. and one barely fail. <laughs> That's fine. Um, with one success, you don't build any momentum. 
but um, you you recognize something that um, don't know if Kara does it, but she recognizes suddenly that this pilot does. Say when when he said that he wasn't like just you know using a turn of phrase. You get the feeling that he like feels the ship. He says it's going to feel heavy. Not kidding. Like there's something there about that. <laughs> oh, um, Kara well, smiles. Um, oh, Kara I, smiles and you know pats him on the shoulder. Don't worry, you can handle it. I know you might have been a little upset lately that I've been teaching, you know, Oakley to help fly the ship, but please don't think that your position is in any danger. You've had four years of academy training. Oakley has had maybe 30 hours. We're still going to need you for a very long time, Ensign. I hope so. I don't have many other skills. <laughs> and he laughed. And um, sorry about that. Uh, plate noises happened. I apologize. Um, she laughs. We'll work on that later, Ensign. As you're finishing your conversation with him, the turbo lift doors slide open. And Bruce Maddox walks onto the bridge, although you know that it's not Bruce Maddox. It is, however, um, Bruce Maddox at that age wearing a Sierra uniform, um, uh, one that a lot of people consider. It's just like the one you saw around before they... Um, before they really, really uh, made Odyssey's everything's, you know, uniform. So he's wearing, um, he's wearing security red. Uh, it's got that security red uh, shoulder, not, not full shoulders, but kind of like shoulder. I, I, I don't know how to describe it. I know which uniform I'm thinking of. Let me see if I, I saved a picture of it wisely. Did I save a picture of it wisely? I'll just go ahead and say that when it comes to reacting to Bryce, Kara is going to be following Marcus's lead. I, I did not um, save a, a picture of it, but um, he steps onto the bridge and he says, Lieutenant Junior Grade Bryce reporting for duty, Captain. Hi, Lieutenant Bryce. Bryce. Still standing at the, he, he has stepped off of the turbo lift, but uh, has not stepped farther onto the bridge. Do you have anything to report? With, uh, I'm here and ready to do my job, Captain. Uh, get to it then. I can coordinate the security staff from here on the bridge while monitoring um, a good deal of our tactical data at the same time. And he walks over to the tactical station, relieving Jenik Rosso. Um, and Jenik, um, you're the, the, the first one to see it. Um, this is the spot in the campaign where the players have gotten their lifetime subscription Android and their uh, <laughs> and their pre-order uh, Target Borg uh, Bridge officer. <laughs> I just mixed up where their what their uh, you know what their um, careers were. Um, he is fast. He. He down he, he he calls up and reads 
the um not the tactical um not the tactical schedules he calls up and reads the security schedules super fast rearranges them into six four hour shifts so that people do not work very long and then they get a long rest between um he seems hyper efficient um and he is smiling um very broadly he he's quite quite happy Jenica's just thinking to himself, uh, I hope he ran this all past Kendra. That's some very <laughs> impressive work, sir. You're seeing it happen because you have um you hook up to security some on your um on your console, Kara. Yeah, he's um he he's not instituting them, he's rearranging them to present to the command staff as the option he most likes for security. It means that that um, for the four hours that they are on, security is always uh, um, what's the word? Um, alert. There you go. Security is always alert for the time, the four hours at a time that they are on. And they do still. They, they do four hours on, eight hours off. Kara on. Kara walks over to Bryce and leans in closely so that probably only she and the captain can hear. Just a couple words of advice, sir. I realize you're a senior officer, but please keep in mind that we don't stand on ceremony here. And if one thing I should tell you right now, don't ever ask for permission to do your job. She grins at him. He smiles. Oh, I, I apologize. I, I hadn't even thought to ask permission Captain, I'm that's good he says captain i'm sizing a potential new security rotation that i have found has worked wonders in my my previous assignment at the academy understood although i'll say that you should run that by kendra before instituting any changes although i've seen you've already marked that off suggestion so Exactly. I think this is something I think this is something like he's just sort of processing everything as it's happening, also making like making note of where Lieutenant Tardigrade fits along that um that line and just making sure that he actually made it onto the list just in case he didn't get picked for the team. So yeah, he Marcus just just says, um, yeah, this is just something to run by the senior staff at our next major briefing, or you can just uh send this over to Kendra. Um for her review, and and he look when you say you could just send this over to Kendra as you're saying for your review, he says done. Um, I'll excellent, excellent. Dis I'll, I'll discuss matters with the XO when I have time. Until then, I assume we're at station keeping until we're briefed. Correct. Although, if you want to run any other security checks on ship systems, specifically ship information systems and data security, that would be appreciated. Once again, Janik, you've um do you know uh do you remember the episode where we first saw how fast data was when he was replacing the isolinear chips in engineering? Um and he was like they, they just made his hands do like the best yeah. that the nineteen ninety flash could do. Basically that's the kind of speed with which he is calling up the things that the captain just said. He's 
ridiculously efficient. And I'm going to imagine that synthetic life forms are not super common. So this so, may well be the first time that Jenik has seen. He is, uh, yeah, he is a um, he is a Maddox Series Two Android life form. There are five of him. It's like uh, because I I went with Picard. I said, you know, hey, if the uh, the sent home planet, you know, was making what was it five of them at a time in groups of five, there are five of Maddox Series Two. The Series One looked like old Maddox. The Series Two looks like young Maddox. <laughs> So um, that will uh, lead us into uh, into the sick bay again, uh, and then I promise we're going to the bar um, to the sick bay, where um, uh, Lennis, you walk in and see your new um, medical officer. Her her eye that is. Um, uh, her, her eye that glows is glowing blue, and uh, she is scanning the operating table, and she's making notes on a pad. Does not register your presence when you walk in. Um, the Tellerite, the male Tellerite nurse that we've never named, um, he he comes over and he goes, "So, what can I do for you?" Oh, not too much. Um, <clears throat> Doctor Three, I presume. Her her head. Um, uh, she moves almost robotically. Her head comes up almost robotically, and and she turns to look at you, and says, uh, it, "It looks like it takes um, uh, the the the." the that comes off of her right eye. Her eye, by the way, you can see, does not have a pupil. It is just kind of a a, a grayish, uh, solid color. And there are those. Um, there's that um, that stretches out to her forehead, and you see the blue lights blink on that for a moment. And she tilts her head in um, it, it just just very very slightly, and she says. Executive Officer Lennis Kendra. I presume. Yes. Um, and it seems as if the I presume was um it's not hard to tell. Kendra's a security officer good at reading people. She said it because you said it. Uh-huh. She, she may not even fully like that's not like normal for her to say. <laughs> Are the facilities um, suitable for your needs? Absolutely. He, um, uh, he says, absolutely. I would like to make some upgrades to one of the bio beds, but I do wish to speak with the doctor before before beginning any, any such um, modifications. There are... There are simply um, extraction devices that can be installed on the bio bed to make the work uh, go faster. You might also want to speak with our chief engineer, Rick Peer, just about the technology side of that and how it would interface with our ship. It's all Starfleet technology. Very good. Is there anything that you need? 
Well, welcome to the ship. She stares at you without a thank you um, and just continues to look at you. Kendra shifts awkwardly to her other foot. <laughs> well, I guess I will take my leave. If you need anything, be sure to let me know. Understood. And she looks back down at the table and begins to scan it again with that blue light. <laughs> Kendra stands there awkwardly for a second watching her and then turns and walks away. <laughs> As, uh, and, as as Kendra leaves, can uh, Rick too come in, uh, followed by? Uh, absolutely, absolutely, Rick. You're walking in to do your final check on the the on, on the. Uh, you know that the power you know that Quentin had checked on the power systems earlier, and you were just going to um, make sure, you know, your final checks. Like you know, everything's done, but you want to make sure that this is um, this is right. So, uh, yeah, you walk into the sick bay and you see nurse, um, give this, uh, let's give this, uh, Tellerite a name. Um, male Tellerite nurse. What's his name? Anyone? Had a name already. Oh, but I can't remember it. (laughs) We'll have to listen back to old episodes and find it. No, you one of the things he was on K seven for is he was getting a name change. <laughs> that, that must be it. That must be it. When you walk in, Rick Deer, he goes, "Oh, he's getting all the senior officers in here today. You have a headache, a hangnail, anything I can help you with?" Uh, just, just for doing final final checks. Nothing um, <sighs> medically needed. Um, it's talking of like not very subtly of course Dr. 3 does not notice he like not very subtly like nods his head in her direction he's like I don't think she likes talking and he goes back to his work and you see her um, moving from the bio bed that she was scanning to a third bio bed that exists in there so he he sort of looks at her for a moment and then looks so ugly and uh decides just to uh to run run his task before uh, actually going to talk to her. Okay. Um, um as I said your uh your final checks are everything was perfect but this was just the I'm going to make sure everything is perfect. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, so so it, it's it's just mostly like a quick just making sure everything is just checking diagnostics, making sure everything is in expected parameters. Everything is, um, so it doesn't take long. And Oakley, you know, like it confirms with Oakley that he's that they're both getting the same readings, and um, notes down that that the final check was done before looking over towards the doctor and uh, approaching. Okay. Um, you approach, she, um, so do you know that creepy thing where Borg don't react to you, um, unless you are a threat? Like, they would literally, like, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. 
you walk right over to him and um, or roll, walk right over to her and she has not yet um, looked up from the work that she is doing. She's not exceptionally fast like the android on the bridge is. But she is efficient um, and she is noting um, basically there, there are four bio beds that she's scanning. Um, she's done with two of them. She's scanning the third and it looks to you that um, it looks to you like she's checking which ones are the the best for upgrading. Everything you see on her um, on her pad device is Starfleet technology. He's not looking at like trying to like upgrade the bio beds with Borg technology or anything. You're like right up in her business, and she has not yet looked up. Um, excuse me. She, uh, you know that 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 movement of like you know that you almost hear it. Um, you almost hear like the the metal in her uh, move as she straightens and turns to look at you. She says. Can I help you? Are you injured? No, I would just like to introduce myself. I am Chief Engineer uh, Rick Tier. Um, Tier, and her, she, um, when you say I am Chief Engineer, um, she says Rick Tier at the exact same time that you do. Says I am Doctor Three. Uh, a pleasure to meet you. This is Oakley, and uh, he motions to the exocomp. Uh, also, officially designated... Robotic Engineering Unit. Yes, officially designated... I can't remember what his official designation is. But everyone calls him Oakley, and he responds to it. Oakley. Understood. Uh, is, is, I take it everything is satisfactory to your needs here? Oh, Absolutely. Merely have to consult my colleague Dr. O'Connor to find out which of these bio beds he would be most amenable to upgrading. That, that when she says he would be most amenable to upgrading, um, we we cut to Dr. O'Connor walking um, into. He thought, you know, he was like, "Hey, I'm going to the bar," um, and. Club K7 is, and it's really literally called Club K7. It's down at the end of a hallway. Um, the signs that you're following also point toward um, sick bay being in this direction and um, experimental technology being in this uh, direction. And when you walk in, there are large tables with people from a couple of different ships. And you realize that when you did come into station keeping, there were multiple ships um, in station keeping around this place. There's a long bar immediately off to your left. It's got a couple of Starfleet officers at it. I'll make that a few because there's two guys at one end of the bar who um, they look uh, they look a little bit drunk, not um not like bad drunk. But Waitley is sitting at the end of the bar and it looks like he's really into his cups already. 
he's been down here a, a bit already, and um, the two of you now um, are in the K7 bar. There is music playing in the background. It's synthetic, and it's not um, it, it's not any of the popular bands that play around uh, around the galaxy. I guess I'm gonna join join Waitley, sit next to him. Waitley is uh sitting at a booth. Normally uh, people who know Waitley when he when he goes out in public, he typically finds somewhere kind of off to the side in a corner. He he's very much uh sits in the dark corner of the room with his back to the wall kind of guy and he's sitting at the bar and you can see a number of empty bottles or, or cups, whatever, in front of him. And he's just, if you look closely at him, you can see his uh, his his beard is um, slowly coming back in from the Rycian incident. And uh, it, it looks like it's glistening. Like he almost, you, you would think he's been crying. And, and he's literally just hunched over the bar, occasionally looking around, and he just keeps taking drink after drink after drink. And he sees uh, Dr. O'Connor walk in, and he, like, you know, I don't think anybody has ever seen Waitley ex- express enthusiasm. But when he sees Eli, he's just like, Eli, sit with me, please. I sit with him. <laughs> yep, I sit with him. He uh, he waves for the bartender to uh, to to bring another round. He says, "How are you, my friend? I haven't seen you in a a, a little bit. I, I'm sorry I missed the party, and, and I'm sure you notice he he is using contractions very heavily, and he's he's slurring his speech a little bit. He's like, "I'm sorry I missed your party. Uh, just I had some things come up that I had to deal with, and then this. And when he says that word, this, he's like." His eyes kind of widen, and he just gets that look on his face of just absolute terror and pain. Let me um, give you a I, – I love where you're going with it, but let me give you um, a role-playing bit to add in there, too, because Waitley has trouble um, turning off his empathy and telepathy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he picks up on the feelings and the um, – uh, general state of people around him and you've just spent six days on the reliant as things got worse as you approached this star base and now that you've arrived um once you uh beamed off of the reliant onto the transporter pads of this star base um everyone here is nervous sad scared um some people are terrified it's it it makes a bit of sense that Waitley uh is trying to drown that out potentially I don't know no that's that's exactly what I was going for and I I was wondering if anybody was gonna I, I figured you would but I was wondering if anybody would put those dots together but yeah that's exactly it's not a matter of he has trouble turning it off he cannot turn it off why he loves us so much so this um this is a very different feeling. There you go guys. 
Like this is this is a Waitley no one has ever seen before. We'll put it. That I will. Way. <laughs> I will. Uh, will pop in when Eli's com badge goes off because Alenis is signaling him. Kendra is signaling him. I just also want to add, Eli is also an empath, so he's feeling this too. I was. I knew where this was going. Hmm. That's that's why Waitley was so happy to see you. It was just like, oh my god, the other person that gets this. Sit, drink with me. <laughs> okay, yeah. I take. The... Go ahead. I was gonna say I take the seat next to Norm. Since they just hang on, let them have a little bit of a conversation because I was kind of timing when you should call them. So, so Waitley downs the drink he already had halfway drunk and sets it aside. And hopefully the, the bartender has come over. I imagine the bartender is just like giving him a really odd look, nope. <laughs> especially since he doesn't know Waitley at all, or they don't know Waitley at all. So but, uh, um, your take on this bartender, because you saw him while you were sober as you got drunk, um, your take on this bartender, this a space station full of broken people right now. He doesn't know who ha- more than half of them are. There are a number of ships uh, in station keeping around here. Um, and while the t- while the two of you are there talking and drinking, um, no, he's a big human guy um, with kind of a handlebar mustache thing going on. Um, and somebody's been playing Red Dead. no i've been watching red dead um and the um you get that his general attitude is he gets it he he gets it um he's not as scared as everybody else if you focus just on the bartender you won't be picking up on as much of the terror that people on the station and and the fear and and such because feels like he's safe on k7 Probably. He's very happy to be serving a lot of alcohol right now. All right. I'm sorry. I got distracted by game chat. (laughs) Uh, I did too. Yay. So, so Waitley takes, I don't know what the hell he's drinking. He's like, Give me something strong and make it green. Grab but, uh, two, he grabs two bottles from behind the bar. One of them has green liquid in it, and one of it, one of them has kind of this whiskey-colored liquid in it. He pours them both into your glass and slides the glass forward, looks at you, Eli, and says, same? Um, no, I'm gonna, I'm going to take some rice whiskey. Puts those two bottles back and goes over to um, he goes over to a replicator <laughs> and he replicates a uh, uh, just as he's about to press the replication he turns he turns his head over his shoulder he says hot yes and over at you and he brings you uh, a sake like a sake shooter and like a large. Uh, know what I'm talking about. He's got a large like pour and sake shooter that he can um, 
you now have your drink. <laughs> I look at it, I say, well, I asked for rice whiskey, but this will do. And yes, rice whiskey is a very different thing from sake. <laughs> it's delicious. Anyway, I, I look at Nord like, you're feeling it pretty bad, ain't you? He... He he just looks at you for a moment. He doesn't say anything. He gets that typical weightly look on his face. That that um, I don't know. How do we describe the the, the perception of Waitley's expressions? He, he's very stoic, very quiet. He's very um, he, he's always very serious. He, he gets that expression. He gets that demeanor for for a moment, and then. Without saying a word, like his demeanor doesn't change, but you see tears rolling down his cheeks again. And he just kind of nods and downs his drink and says, I need another one. Understood. Bartender pours you another one. Then he stops. And he has like this flash on his face, like a sudden realization. And he, he, he almost looks pissed off. He's like, Eli, I, I, I am a terrible friend. How are you doing? I'm, I'm better than you are, it would seem. But listen, there's an old Earth saying, sort of a parody. I don't know. But basically, it's like a... Who shaves the barber that only shaves people that don't shave themselves? Like, who, who's going to counsel the counselor? And whiskey, I got to say, isn't the right answer to this question. Who's going to counselor the counsel? Who's going to counsel the counselor? And whiskey, I got to say, isn't the best answer to this. Uh, isn't the best answer to this. Um, and Eli, your combat goes off. Kendra, uh, what do you say? A very oblivious Kendra comes across. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. O'Connor, may I inquire as to where your location is? I know you're off right now. I am on uh, K7. I'm here with Chaplain Waitley. We are, we're having a, a reliant medical meeting since tech, he's the counselor, I'm the CMO. We got to we got to figure some things out. I give um, wait a look as I Kendra, see that. Kendra, you do know the require that the meeting from uh, the meeting in your or ships meeting room with the station commander is happening in 15 minutes. It'll take them about five to get back. Have you had a chance to meet our um, new doctor yet? New doctor? Um, I think I might have read something about that. No, I have not. Like I said, I know you're off right now, but uh, when you get a minute, you might want to um, swing by the sick bay and meet her, preferably before our next meeting. And when is that meeting? Uh, about 15 minutes. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think I'll have to meet her after the meeting, but... Because I'm not going to be be back there in 15 minutes. You said Chaplain Waitley's there with you? Yes, yes, he is. Chaplain, I, I now call Chaplain Waitley's communicator. Mm -hmm. He can hear you through mine, though. Yeah. He says, I'm, I'm here. I can hear you speak. 
have you had a chance to meet either of our our uh, two newest uh, acquisitions to the crew yet? Negative, though I'm sure their names will show up on my counseling log in the near future. All right, well, enjoy that drink, gentlemen. I'll see you in a few minutes. By the way, when, when Eli's comm badge chirped, he would have gotten a, a vibe from Waitley that he wanted to grab it off of his shirt and toss it. <laughs> oh, wait, before we went to the station, he did know that this meeting was coming up. <laughs> unfortunately, oh, you well, know, Eli, unfortunately, Eli can sober you up. <laughs> oh, and, and, uh, I, I, I want to test something. Waitley, uh, you know, knowing what's going on and everything and, and him being who he is, mm -hmm. Waitley's going to try something. He, and, and, and I think this would only work. And, and this is Waitley's thought is this will only work because Eli's only had a couple drinks. Waitley's going to try to sober Eli up his way. Oh, my goodness. You're I, I haven't even taken a sip of my drink yet. <laughs> oh. Oh, in that case, never mind, never mind, never mind. But oh my God, that would have been hilarious. That would be very funny. Um, uh, so the, I, I really like that um, that moment of bonding between the medical staff. That was uh, Baz connected out me saying that was awesome. Um, you should hear our counseling log. <laughs> and, I still need to upload that goddamn thing, by the way. <laughs> oh, sorry. And, um, we had some static that that, that totally overrode what what you just said. We uh, didn't hear anything. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, and so, um, Marcus, people are coming to the meeting. You pretty much know, um, that the mission you were called here for is search and retrieval and search and rescue. Um, you don't know if the things you, uh, don't know if the Borg building a Unimatrix is, um, changing your mission. Um, don't know what's, what to expect, uh, exactly from the commander when she comes on screen. Um, and everybody is beginning to make their way to the meeting room. Um, I'm sorry, Dragoon, for, you know, you're not part of the senior staff yet. Nope. Um, and, I am um, tactical council. Yep. And um, uh, as, uh, as Eli and uh, Waitley are making their, their way to the transporter, you know, that you guys are going to be there. It's not a problem. You'll make it. Um, you'll make it even a couple minutes early. Um, you see Larissa stepping off of the transporter pad with her um uh, she, she's got a, a a large um personal items case you know hanging over her shoulder sees the two of you and says doctor Kaplan. wait who's i'm sorry i was typing Marissa, okay. Marissa, your um your zindi reptilian chief tactical officer um, she steps off of the transporter and she says, um, doctor, counselor, um, and, uh, looks at, um, say Larissa and she kind of like, like, um, you know, that's, that's the recognition of each other. And she looks over at you, Waitley, and she says, don't try to talk to them the way that you talk to them. Oh, I hear you. 
he he does the uh the typical like head tilt and raises an eyebrow and says interesting uh please explain what you mean exactly try to get into their heads i am a counselor and a trained psychotherapist that is literally my job oh you meant the other thing didn't you yeah meant the borg who try to get into their heads I like you too much counselor and then surprising both of you larissa kisses chaplain waitley and then just walks away to her uh she walks away through the um the main uh the main kind of foyer area of <clears throat> um of uh K seven and walks over to um Sorian who is standing who greets her and a couple of other people who the two of you could only guess those are like pound pounders. So that's a that's a unit of ground pounders right there. That's the Gropos. She's walking over to join them. Okay, I have I have one quick, slightly irrelevant question. Where exactly did she kiss Wheatley? Right on the lips. And and this is this is, this is after um this is after he sobered up or or before. No, you're still drunk. Oh, he kisses oh, her back. Yeah. He gives her tongue. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um. Awesome. And um, Eli is left to uh, having, you know, he just saw that as she walks over to the Gropos and um, she's she's off on her mission. Um, actually, she kisses him. She looks at you, Eli, and she says, tell everyone that um, good luck. And off she goes. And at that, all, right. all of you begin to arrive in the meeting. And those of you who have not yet um, met uh, Dr. Three, um, I, I imagine that like Kendra and Marcus and Kara, having been on the bridge, were probably some of the, and Quentin would have probably been on his way back up to the bridge at that point. Um, uh, you all are there when Dr. Three arrives. Um, she walks in with a pad. She walks in with a pad in hand, uh, kind of uh, scans the table a little bit, and almost not 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 with like her blue scanny ray, but she looks over the table and does like the count in her head for how many people already serve on this ship. And she sits exactly far enough away that she will not be taking a seat that any of the other senior staff would have taken. And when she sits down, she looks across the table and she says, Captain, I'm Dr. Three. I'm sitting next to Waitley. I just whisper to him. You're going to walk in and see her. You're oh, the okay. last two to arrive. You're still early. I thought you going to be early. Okay. You're still early, but you'll still be the last two to arrive. And... um. Those of you walking in will also see the um, the android officer who looks like a young Bruce Maddox. He is sitting with uh, 
sitting with great posture <laughs> is one way to put it. And he is sitting in what normally would have been Larissa's seat, you know, if this meeting had been, you know, going on. Um, and his uh, his hands are palms down on the table. And he has uh, said a couple of things. Uh, uh, since he got here. Yes, his name is Bryce. He is Lieutenant Junior Grade Bryce. Um, and he um, he has said a couple of things since he arrived. Uh, and he says, um, uh, Commander, um, just, uh, to Kendra, he says, Commander, I sent you a proposal when I served on, uh, when I served on the security staff at Starfleet Academy. I had great success working in four hour shifts, giving people uh, giving people eight hours of rest in between. Key security officers who are some of our most important um, in keeping all of us safe uh, gives them a better alertness for the hours that they are on. for the hours that they are on shift. It's an adjustment. I, I've included it all in the report. And that's one thing that he said. And he said, um, do we know what to, uh, and he also said, do we know what to expect, Captain, right before Waitley and Eli walk in? And that's all of you, except for Janik, having made your way to the conference room. Dr. Three is sitting far enough away that she's not taking any of the seats you guys would have. And, um, Young Bruce Maddox in a tactical uniform is uh, sitting um, sitting in Larissa's seat. Kara moves over to sit next to Bryce, which is not terribly unusual for where she would normally sit. She looks not over at, at doc Dr. Three and nods her head slightly. You must be Dr. Three. You don't look like you get a lot of sunlight. That is relevant to my profession. In that case, Grave. where do you get all your vitamin D she from? Said, she says, that is irrelevant to my profession and the Borg nanites in my system um, more than enough to sustain me. Cool. Marcus at this point is very strongly stifling a face bomb. He's trying to hold it together. I don't know if it'll last. As I walk. I do wonder what Bryce's reaction is to this, because now he's getting a sense for what our crew is like. As me and uh, Waitley walk in, I whisper to him, when did we get an extra seat? This should have been in the last meeting. You guys all had to take you your not seats. Get them and, um, Marcus, you get the signal that the communication from Starbase is ready to come through. Um, and you also see the uh, the certification, uh, not the certification. You see the notification on uh, on your journal at the front of the table uh, that the uh, refit the the refits to Reliant Systems will be finished in precisely 25 minutes, and the ship is set to launch uh, 30 minutes after that. Uh, Marcus just acknowledges the mess error of the um, station's waiting and says on screen. 
Um, when the admiral comes on screen, per usual. It's not an admiral. Um, in fact, it is not an admiral. Commander of the Starbase. Um, do you guys, you guys remember what Naomi Wildman looked like in Voyager? Nope. She was the little blonde kid. Yep, she was the little blonde kid. Um, let's see. Let me see if I can. Uh, is little girl spine ridges on her forehead. Yeah, little, little ridges, and then also I think a little. Oh, there we go. Bones and spikes. Uh, but that's 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 the one from in game, and that one's actually not. Um, doesn't look. It doesn't look very much like her, actually. Well, she still outranks Kara, so I'm still going to go with my original idea of Kara stands and salutes before sitting back down. Oh, okay. That that works really well. Um, she's even in kind of the... Well, not for this. Um, she's not in the right colored uniform. And she's also in like a... Voyager good. uniform. But... Oh, see, I, I, I got um, something. An adult Naomi Wildman. Um, so yeah, she's got these little ridges down her forehead. Um, she has a somewhat forced smile. Um, and uh, it, 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 she says. Captain Graves, uh, all of you, thank you for making time to meet with me before your launch. I'm afraid with the loss of the USS North Star yesterday, the Reliance mission, um, Reliance mission um, remains the same, however, um, you should be on uh, on extensive guard, um, Captain Crew. Rot is no longer anything resembling safe. There are. There are far too many uh, Borg ships to make any sort of military action actually possible. I'm sorry, am I cutting out? Uh, you're good for me. Um, I, I don't think you're going to say on my end. I go, yeah, sorry about the fork noise. I was just, uh, yeah, yeah, Kendra might just want to refresh. Cool. Um, and she oh, says, or, um, Mission is search and repair. However, there are there are a number of ships that we've sent into into the Krat system. The uh, your sister ship, the Basilope, was dispatched uh, not an hour ago. Um, is uh, with orders to find a way to shut that Unimatrix down. It is not yet operational. All of our scans. Tell us that there are two structures going up by the hour, and the latest appears to be some 
from beginnings of building a transwarp conduit into the Karat system. Um, any Starfleet gate pods, any Starfleet survivors you find out there, it's your job. Um, wreckage. Um, the, the other problem we're running into, Graves, is wreckage out there. We got a good pair of grappling arms to help deal with that. So that is that is why we put them on your ship. The Klingons have been scavenging, uh, and they are, as you know, quite adept at using cloaking technology. Um, I don't know what more I can say about that except to make sure that you're ready. Yep, and, we are, and we're ready to head out at any time. Um, the, uh, the new doctor says, um, Commander, if we encounter assimilated Starfleet officers, what are your orders? And the command and, and Naomi Wildman, um, that, that kind of forced smile disappears from her face a little bit and she says, that is why I put you on this mission, Doctor. If uh, there's anything you can do for them, do it. So is that the end of the communication? Um, she waits for any questions or things you have to say. Uh, we'll do our best, Captain. We've got a good crew. We've got a well-prepared ship. And yeah, we'll just see what magic we can make of this. Don't worry, ma'am. There's no debris in the universe that can stop me from getting through. Kind of, uh, she kind of smiles again. Um, again, um, even looking at the picture of her as an adult, you know, as a commander, she's still um, fairly, uh, a fairly young woman, like in her early 30s. And um think that she catches that moment of... Um, Maybe if you were in the same room with her, or uh, or unstoppable, um, call it, uh, or unstoppable uh, hopefulness <laughs> might, like you know, might infect her if you were in the same room. But as it is, she manages a, another weak smile, and she says. Seven is here. Whatever you need, Captain. And the communication is cut, and now you guys have a, a senior officer's meeting knowing what's out there. So at this point, Marcus just snaps his finger and says, all right, Quentin, Maddox, uh, I want you to try to find some way of isolating drones that we beam aboard the ship from the Borg uh, Collective. Maddox, uh, Quentin, you're always like really quick on being able to like find things, and so you like start looking at where, um, where your uh, where you'll be able to isolate Borg drones and where you'll have the power to do that, and um, 
Uh, no, he doesn't go by Maddox. Actually, um, he doesn't respond. He goes by Bryce. Oh, it so uh, Mark ha- Marcus has that like moment of awkwardness, and that's like, okay, Bryce, Quentin, uh, I want you to figure out a way of isolating drones from the board, uh, board collective. That might help us in dealing with anything that we bring on board, since we definitely don't want things taking directions if we're dealing with a salvage operation. Um so uh, coordinate with uh, Rick and uh, Kendra as you see fit, but I also want them to be working on security measures for any fallback measures that we need on board this ship. Also, Janik, um, uh, tactical options would also be appreciated for how to deal with a situation that gets away with us. So fallback options and enlist Lieutenant Tardigrade as you see fit. Janik's not actually in the meeting. <laughs> oh, God dang it. I thought we were just on the bridge. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Um, if I may, Kara raises a hand. Uh, Kendra, I've actually gone ahead and done some quick investigation. We currently have enough armored vests and Type 3 phasers to outfit a fairly large away team. If we're having to do anything resembling an actual assault, though, we'll need to replicate more resources. Go ahead and do that. I ma'am. I will pass the orders along. Um... Rick and Quentin, um, Bryce, uh, Bryce sent both of you, um, both of you guys still have one cargo bay that is not taken up by mission-specific refits, and he has sent both of you his initial thought, uh, by the time that, like, you know, everybody else is still speaking he sent to you that he thinks that cargo bay you know cargo bay one because it's the only one you have right now is probably your best option for reinforcing and trying to isolate the board um it's not something that he is a specialist in in um but yeah he sent that to rick and quentin and um so that leaves uh waitley eli and three so I want them to be working on uh, measures to quickly isolate or to quickly um, uh, not necessarily do a full recovery on a board drone or a simulated Starfleet officer or crew member, but the most efficient course of action to effectively dislink them from the collective so they can effectively be reasoned with right away. Okay. Um, Eli, make a medical roll. Um, let's see what uh, what a medical role is for Eli. Let me have a quick look here. Eli O'Connor character sheet is your reason, which is 10, and your medicine, which is 4. It is 14, and um, you have a focus in it, so your, critical, your criticals happen on 4 or below. I did not realize I was rolling. muted. I was just talking. I was oh, just you, should, talking. you should be rolling. Okay. Um, so I was just clarifying. 14, you said, for the thing? 14 is the uh, target number, and fours, four and below are your criticals. Okay, Baz, I put the four right after the 14 when I roll, right? Correct. So it's 14 space four. Success. 
uh, with one success, um, you um, you're certain that Doctor Three is um, is um, asking you the right question as people begin to start to talk in you know these little groups, and she looks across uh, uh, across the table at you, Eli, and she says, Doctor. We outfit. I, I was thinking of requesting outfitting one of the medical beds. If we outfit more than one of the medical beds with the technology with this technology, and she sends you the file. It's something that um, you have not seen before, um, and uh, the clearance on it. Um, the 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 you, you haven't seen it before, not because you don't have clearance, but um, the clearance on it is related to a medical uh, a project, a, a medical project coming out of the Daystrom Institute, um, and it is um, it is information on basically do you do you remember when the team was on that planet some time ago and Jenic Rosso, the security officer, scored like um uh, uh like two or three critical successes or some something on a roll to remove the uh, uh the link from the board that was on the planet and um she is she's got access to Starfleet technology, Daystrom technology. It's not Borg. Nothing about it is Borg. She has access to the plans to update the medical beds so you can yank out their, their connection to the collective really fast, but it's really painful. And um your thought about it but she has like a completely emotionless expression about it she's sending you that information she says i think that would be our best option i i would have to disagree this is just it seems far too unnecessary just the the amount of pain it would put the patient through the patient would not remember the pain i don't um can I see, like, if there's, like, a permanent uh, sort of effect on it, too? Like, is it going to, like, Absolutely. scar them or something, too? Absolutely. Roll, uh, roll that exact same number again. Okay. One success. There is no... Um, from what you can see, there is uh, the issue will be the, the only issue you can possibly see with it is counselors work maybe a little bit harder because of the quickness with which they are removed from a collective mind. Not a psychiatrist, however, you're a medical doctor just like her, and um. Uh, again, it is you know emotionless when she looks at you across the table and says they will not remember the pain. I don't. Let us let us discuss what we can do at the very least to assist the captain's uh, the captain's desires to be able to disconnect them quickly. And she stands and um, 
speech, uh, wait, she it looks like she's deferring to you on when to leave, Dr. O'Connor. You notice something. She has no pips on her uniform, her doctor's coat. She's a civilian officer. I see. Oh, you guys got a civvy. Days from Institute, obviously, Starfleet officer. Really. <laughs> so, um, with your, uh, with the things that we were just discussed underway, the, um, with an hour and a half into the game, which is perfect, um, I'm going to take a, a break to get a little bit more water and, um, uh, the Reliant is, uh, we're, we're cutting to break, is the Reliant um, boats away from station keeping at, uh, at K7. And you can see your, uh, are we, you can see your sister ship, the Toledo, which is an Aventine class, beautiful, beautiful ship, um, is still at station keeping at K7 as you leave on what is going to be a very quick trip and you'll be warping into Karat system. No, it's the Toledo. It is an Aventine class. And off Alliant warps with the Karat system. The dice fall where they may. Um... Uh, this is this is the board because um, all of you are at your stations. Um, Genic, you are actually at the tactical station because uh, Bryce um, he, he seems capable of being a tactical officer. But he is coordinating ship security teams at the moment from the console sitting in the back. And um, in sick bay, um, um, in the you know twenty twenty minutes, fifteen minutes it takes you to warp to the Karat system, K seven. Um, in ten minutes, Doctor uh, uh, Three. Um, when you arrive back in sick bay and actually that's because I didn't that's because I didn't put my microphone down. <laughs> I've I'm done sorry. that many times before. Yep. Um in uh, even as you walked down to the sick bay, um noting your initial reluctance to um Wait, and good question. Are we recording? Yes. We're right. Um, good question. <laughs> I'm noting your initial reluctance to um, removing uh, removing the link. Basically, it's like a link chip inside of uh, th that's located in their spine. Like it's it, it looks painful. What she wants to you know what she what her idea was. And noting your initial reluctance, she says. Um, our second best option is to perform the surgeries 
using more traditional tools in whatever uh, security engineering and sciences come up with to contain the Borg. Have Speak medical teams present there. Speaking of which, actually, I believe that both Eli and Marcus did actually have a little bit more on that to say. Okay. Well, oh, um, I didn't necessarily mean now. Oh. I'm like, she would have said that to you, Eli, walking toward the sick bay. Like, she obviously has multiple ideas on what to do <laughs> to, um, to uh, drones that you're trying to unassimilate. Much less painful and permanent. Oh, much, like, much less painful, much slower. That's the issue. Um, it does. It, it, she, in fact, as three would say it, she says it is. It is much slower, much less traumatizing. Or actually, she doesn't say traumatizing. She says much less painful. Then we'll do that one. She uh, she that's it. Um, like she she taps her pad so that your pad has it. Um. Uh, it's it's basically the Daystrom Institute's um, medical, you know, what, what field kits you're going to need to pack for your medical team to take to where, you know, it's going to be Cargo Bay 1, um, but you're going to want to send a couple of medical teams down there to uh, two per team work on um, work on the drones as they arrive. They arrive that way. I mean, I'm certain they probably might. Um, oh, space um, is uh, flashing across the main viewer, and and warp space is not flashing across the main viewer. Um, The instant the ship comes out of warp, she's Kara's already unfolding the arms because she's heard that this place is full of debris. Um, I don't know if any. I, I doubt any of your characters had much reason to come to a mining colony close to the Federation side of the neutral zone, but you would have seen um, in the reports what this place looked like before. Um, doesn't look like that now. You see hanging between these two moons gigantic Borg structures with uh, what, are they, what would they be called? The things that would start that would be being built to connect these gigantic structures. Um, beams. Beams are some built connecting structures some some in the process of being built and um as soon as you come into the system um ice says magnify captain uh for what you're seeing on the screen you see this unimatrix being built and you see off on your right hanging high in in space, essentially, uh, from your from your point of view, uh, a moon that is just cracked, and you can see tons of debris, 
lunar debris and ship debris up that way. Uh, you see debris littering the um, just littering the entire area of space in front of you that the Borg are building the Borg are building these creations. And that is uh, where you find yourselves. You are currently Ara at uh, station keeping far, far enough away that you should be able to avoid Borg sensors. Uh, John, right. sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, quick question. Uh, as we warp in and, and we see everything going on, Waitley is trying very hard to not detect anything, but we we, we know how that works and that doesn't work mm -hmm. well. So, what is Waitley detecting? Waitley is detecting. Um... Fear that is almost drowned out by this um, collective will of invasion of the quadrant. And uh, don't roll, um, let, let's look up your character. And I'm going to say, don't roll. Um, you're reaching out, which is, we're going to say, insight, and it's going to be man. Well, so well no, he's not reaching out. He's trying not to not reach to. out. You're trying that's, not that's the to. point, is he can't turn it off, though. Like, right. the, the rule book is very clear. He can't turn it off. Yeah, so you can't turn it off. So, wrong. you have a 15, um, and... Uh, I am going to add Baz. What can I do with threat? Uh, I have a bunch of complication range. So uh, if 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 he rolls too high, then something really bad happens. All right, I want to boost the complication range by two. With that, All right, so that's two threat. Okay, boom. Comp your um have uh two dice. Or you have a 15 is your target number. Um, and you know what? I'm going to throw two more threat on there. 16 and above is a uh, complication, and 15 and below is good. You do not have uh, any. Do not have any focuses that apply. Okay, so it's it's uh, fifteen one sixteen then for the roller. So what? Uh, now now you said I I don't have any uh, anything that plays into this. Uh, I, I beg to differ because one of his values for is it. the good of the many. Would that not apply in this situation? Can you do with the value, Baz? Uh, you can use your determination for it to get an yes. automatic. That, okay, that makes sense because, yeah, he, he's trying you. not to pay attention. So he okay. is determining to so in not addition pay attention. To whatever, repeat the role that Kara put in the chat. And in addition to that, you automatically have two successes on this. 
no complications for successes to earn the group point of uh, momentum. What's it called? <laughs> momentum, right? <laughs> I, I, I just want to address what Kara said. In, uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, you, you earned the group two. I was making you have two successes for that. So you earned the group two momentum. I, I just want to address what Kara just said in game chat. And Waitley said, mm-hmm. she's the little old lady from Pasadena. No, that is not what Waitley's thinking. <laughs> um, Waitley is thinking. The main thing, the main thing that you were um, you were wanting to avoid was a complication. Um, uh, so you did not get a complication, and that's good. So you feel this collective will of invasion of this quadrant being in this system, um, and it drowns out a, a system full of fear and anger. I'm 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 guessing as he as we warp into the system. This is this is kind of how I'm envisioning it. As mm-hmm. we warp into the system, we 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 get into orbit. You know, we're 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 approaching the planet, and and Waitley's just like he he's mentally singing Bajoran childhood or not Bajoran Jesus uh, Betazoid uh, uh, childhood lullabies to himself to kind of you know songs <laughs> his mother sang to him as a child just to try to distract himself and then he just gets this sudden we are the borg you will be assimilated resistance is futile and everyone on the bridge sees him do this he he's had his eyes closed and and suddenly he he kind of leans forward in his chair and he flips off the view screen and he says fuck you i will not be assimilated and then he apologizes i'm sorry uh, you guys, Graves, me. Graves just really like he doesn't even like uh, turn. He just basically holds up like a thumbs up, like just up in the air, and then that's his response. Um, Jenek over at the uh, tactical console pipes up and says, uh, "Sir, may I recommend that we uh, reduce power and attempt to uh, hide amongst the debris?" That's a very wise tactical suggestion. Make it so. Uh, the Klingon at operations, uh, he doesn't have a name yet. He's had like one line in the whole show. Um, the Klingon at operations, um, goes ahead. The ops chief, he does exactly what, uh, what you just suggested. He pulling the power down. He's sending power over to, uh, he's sending power over to Kara's station so that she can maneuver you um, into, uh, into the debris of the area. And um, does anyone else want to be doing anything as the ship is drifting into the debris? Kara is singing softly to herself under her breath as she maneuvers the ship around. She's obviously nervous, but it's helping keep her calm. Ten or Rick, anything you guys want to be scanning for? Uh, yeah, well, let's. Um, well, I guess that I'm thinking active sensors are. Uh, I want to do some bad idea. Engineering. Well, if we get some passive scans, I want to like look at some, like um. Look at the debris, really, and identify any like energy signatures nearby. Oh, of course, you got the wake up juice, Eli. Okay, uh, Rick and 
Captain. Um, Rick, your role is in engineering and what is what would you say scanning be? Depends. Uh, reason or control, depending on if you think it's more call it, finesse. Let's call it, in, in your case, it's the same. Your target is 16. Um, let's see. I spent four so far. Um, target is 16, and you know what? Experimental technology apply. So your uh, your criticals happen on five or less. I might get an extra Indeed. die with momentum if everyone's okay with Three that. Successes. And Quentin, your numbers are going to be similar. Um, Quentin, your numbers are number is 15 and don't see a focus applying unless you have um history one of the histories having something to do with the borg um one of the histories would probably be um military history so okay. yes Okay, I'll, I'll, I, I like it. You, Chris, on, both of you have a target. You, you need three successes to succeed. Um, and uh, your criticals are on four or less, and your uh, 15 or less. So you're basically one less than Baz on both of them. Can I, can I use a momentum? I have two. I thought was you have two, and you each need three successes. So I'm using a momentum. Uh, <laughs> He's like, guys, I'm using a momentum here. We want some passive scans. <laughs> Holy moly! That's got three. Sorry, Woo! um... That was cast. I keep mistyping. I keep typing roll, even though I'm, you uh-huh. know, I know I'm not meant to type roll. I keep typing roll. Bad got three. No, no complications, no criticals, but uh, no one of one crit. One crit, yeah. One crit brought you both to three successes. That's really really wonderful um passive scans um there is asthma and disruptor fire being exchanged uh over a hundred kilometers away with uh ear uh, what would be to you looking out the view screen's left side of the uh, view screen? It's far, far away. Plasma and disruptor fire. Um, there is salvage that um, I was about to also say both of you could get one more die from the Reliant because the Reliant helps out. Um, the. Um, This is this is this is the one that makes uh both of uh both of you probably stop as your passive scans you're beginning to float into the debris there um there is a distress call that is 
farther away, a little bit, let's call it a little bit closer. So maybe it's like 80 some kilometers away from you toward the, toward the right. Um, there is debris and there is a Borg sphere is in that that seems to be kind of um patrolling the area and there's a freshly destroyed ship there uh, not destroyed not destroyed instead the front half of its saucer section as and looks like somebody grabbed it like a cookie and took a big bite out of it the entire saucer section, every deck um, looks exposed. Um, you're picking up a lot of dead in that area. You're picking up some living bull in that area and the distress call. And um, both of you realize at the exact same moment with your three successes that that is the USS Texas. Someone should tell the captain. Uh, uh, captain, picking up an emergency report from the Texas. Um, she's in bad shape. We need to... Kara gasps. Uh, we need to... Uh, here are the coordinates. He, uh, Rick is actually, for the first time, he's actually sort of seen him. He's a bit actually flustered. Mm-hmm. Kara's he, he, uh, already moving very... the ship in that direction under low power. Hang on, Space Mom. Uh, at this point, Marcus uh, asks, is there any large debris in that area? Carl looks back That's over her shoulder. There won't be in a minute. Uh, there is a, a small sphere in the area, just um, also. Uh, what is the ship being attacked by? It's no longer. Oh, no longer attacked. Okay, uh, proceed there. Uh, Look, the, the, every reading tells you it is plasma damage and kinetic damage. Um, plasma damage opened, it looks like plasma damage opened to burn and then uh, a directed, looks like a directed kinetic ray followed, like, you know, immediately within the same uh, weapon cycle and just sliced the entire front of the hull off like it was uh, a piece of pizza. That is very bored. So, yeah, we're going to proceed there. Um, you ready, uh, Kara, um, for some creative use of arms and any debris that you find nearby if we need to provide additional cover for the Texas Already on it, sir. As she goes along, it's almost like a crab working its way through a beach. As she goes by bigger pieces of armor, she gently nudges them aside, keeping the larger chunks between her ship, the Reliant, and the Borg Sphere. Ooh, that's nice. Um, roll. Uh, let's let's have a look at Kara's character sheet, shall we? Um, Kara should roll. Um and pawn. So 16 is your target number. You have a focus in piloting and you spent time uh, working on this. So and I have an augmented getting, ability control. You, you are at a 16 is your target 
and the five or less is your critical. Uh, the Reliant is adding one die. You can just add that to your roll um, because the Reliant does does move like the Reliant. Well, I do have the one thing of with the Augmentability Control, I get a single automatic success, but my threat range has already increased from 20 to 19 to 20. Did you want to use any more threat on that? Oh, hell yeah. I'll throw two more thread at that. That should take exactly. it down to 17? Yeah. Uh-huh, and your number is 16. So if you don't get, uh, so if you don't get successes, they are, um, what are they called? Catastrophes or something? Complications. That's what they're called. <laughs> okay, so uh, I have two successes doing... and two complications, but... What does it take oh, to reroll those complications? Yep. I was getting there, sir. As what can we do here? We can spend momentum. As. As. I'm sorry. Uh, you can spend momentum uh, to uh, gain an additional dice. One for the first, two for second. Um, we can spend some momentum to create a favorable situation with the roll. What about re-rolling? Um, that's, you can spend two after the roll uh, for a single die re-roll. So that would take determination to re-roll all the dice. If you want uh, to I would go with determination to re-roll. I would too. Yeah, because we're, we're, be we're approaching... I would too. I'll yeah, yeah. When, when the DM's telling you to spend a determination to reroll the dice, uh, reroll the dice. Yeah, but do any of my uh, what is Value. it values apply? Because I can't use determination without a value. Starfleet is family. You're on your damn way straight. to space mom. Space mom. Space mom. I mean, I damn straight. All right, so going to be using the determination to uh, reroll at least one of them. Let's see how I go. Wait, is it reroll all the dice for determination or one? Uh, reroll all the dice. Even well, the successes? Uh, you, 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 get to, you, you can keep the one success if you want to. You get to choose how many dice you reroll. Two of them. On, uh, yeah, that's what you could yeah, do. Yeah, might as well keep that one. Keep a success, you know. Two boom. more successes, boom, and no complications. That brings us to four successes, no complications. Yay! And... You manage to use these arms and um, actually Ensign, uh, Ensign Moon sends a couple of coordinates your way on like places to like possibly move some of the, um, uh, so if you need to make any more rolls associated with that, he also will be adding a die as well as the Reliant. I forgot to, you know, mention. Actually, he didn't even occur to me. Actually, this is his time um, to shine. Kara actually starts to make a mistake, but he actually reaches over with one of the arms and stops a piece of debris that would have been on a collision course with the spear from his Sounds side. great. He uh, actually manages to keep it between you and the Borg sphere. Um, the, um, the 
Nexus is now within scanning range, but you'll have to switch to active. You'll you'll have to switch to active scans. Um, passive scans are showing. Uh, let's see what was the crew of that size of ship? Probably around six hundred or so, uh, maybe seven hundred. Uh, you are showing forty-seven ice signs uh, of Starfleet origin. Uh, on the lower decks of the ship. Um, uh, as, sorry, just well, to, as well as a number of Borg light signs on that ship. Okay. Are there any uh, pets left aboard? Any animals? I like that Kara like, checks that. Um, no. Well, I guess that's not surprising, but... Uh, can I check? Did we manage to do our um, our instructions from the captain earlier? Do we have anything uh, to do that? Yes, you guys have um, all of those things are for experienced officers, and the things that were were asked are all yes set up. Cargo Bay One um, has a. Uh, uh, what Cass said earlier, I, I heard or saw in the chat something about a fluctuating resonant field, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe Cass can jump in. And um, with, with Rick's help, you can also line that properly. And as, um, it, as uh, Ice is down there helping you as well, he... Two of you, um, he is, he loves working with you. Um, uh, there are, there are some industrial, like, you know, cranes moving in some like, like big plates of, um, metal and such into the cargo bay. I mean, you're going to be potentially beaming active for drones into this cargo bay. And at one point, um, a crane slips just the littlest bit and um, a, a wall starts to tip and he just reaches up with one hand, catches it. And then walks it back up to position and holds it while the rest of the crew put it properly into place. He's like, you are both very, very thorough. I think that's probably a good thing in this situation. I find yes, it... Beware other... falling barrels. You guys put that picture of Worf in before, with the, or the, the little thing with Worf in the falling barrel, and I had to put something in that was my version of a falling barrel. I'm glad that someone caught that. Thank you. <laughs> And so, yes, everything that the captain wanted set up is set up. And um, Eli, how many medical teams do you want down there with uh, the security teams that are going to be down there? Um, how many people are in one medical team? You said two? Two per medical team. And um, you can have unnamed folk. You have um, the Tellerite nurse who is... Um, 
but unskilled. Um, you have a physician's assistant who we've never named, and Doctor Three, of course, wants to be down there. <laughs> She's also um, packing the field kits with what is needed to do that surgery in the field. Um, she's doing All a great right. job, but but she doesn't talk very much, except to, she, she's proposed her plans, accepted the one that you thought was the best, and said, and let's do this <laughs> kind of thing. I have a out-of-character question. Mm-hmm. Um, so on Voyager, it was very easy for Seven to get reassimilated. She doesn't mm-hmm. have that problem so much later on. Mm-hmm. Where is Doctor Three at on that? Is she safe to send out an away team? You, uh, you can go down to um, can go down to either the cargo bay or in sick bay while they're getting ready and ask her. Because she really does not seem super human. <laughs> she doesn't seem very human at all. <laughs> so do I do that now? Kendra makes her way down to... Is she in the cargo bay right now? Either or. It's decision she after eli and as yeah so they're probably still in the med bay getting teams together basically this is an all hands on deck thing kedger makes her way to the med bay doctor three she she looks up and does something that um is probably a little bit amazing um uh, Eli, you saw her packing the uh, the kits with you know everything that you needed. She's very efficient at it. She's looking at the kits as she does it. When um, Kendra walks in and says, "Doctor Three, she looks up. Her hands never stop moving, and the perfection of the way she's packing those med kits doesn't change. And she says, "Kendra, I don't know you well at all, but." My impression of you is that you'll be brutally honest if I ask you a question. That's true. Do you think that you are in danger of becoming reassimilated if you go down in any any more than any other crew member? Yes. I have four nanites that are still a part of my system. It means that what the Borg would inject me with, despite being liberated, would act faster on my system. That would place me in more danger of being assimilated quickly, but no more danger of being assimilated than any other member of the crew. Could you work as efficiently from the med bay if we deemed people who needed your help here? I mean, um, you know that... uh, 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 if we beam people that needed your help here, and um, uh, the Tellerite doctor grabs his med kit, um, uh, he um, got this uh, this way about him where he bumps into you a lot, Eli. It's not like he doesn't do it like uh, aggressively, 
Um, but you know that he knows that he does it. He's just being like a right trying to like be like, oh, you're in my space. Uh, and he's like, I'm going to go ahead and get down to the cargo bay, Doc. And um, a couple of the other doctors start grabbing their med kits. And um, he says, we were preparing to to help the Borg that come aboard uh, in the cargo bay. I'm gonna go with them. I'm gonna be part one of part of one of the teams. I'm not hearing anybody is. Uh, she, I see. I, 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 it, it's because um, and it, it's of course because Doctor Three simply waits for someone to say something. Well, she never answered my question. What did? What was your question that she didn't answer? I'm sorry. If she could be as efficient working from the ship. Oh, absolutely. That is where I will be of the most help. All right. That sounds good, then. Although, she walks over to that little kit of hers. It has, uh, it looks like a kind of, uh, there's definitely a little bit of Borg technology in the lock. And that hand that has the seven of nine type of stuff on it, puts that hand on top and um, out of her middle finger out comes like a little key and it pops open the kit and she says hesitate to part with these. She takes out four balls that have um, silver in color and they have black stripe around the middle of them but the the stripe doesn't like expand off of them the ball at all and she says uh twist them like grenades and if you twist them like grenades and throw them at the borg it will slow them down it's an uh daystrom tech right there thank you that will be very useful i'm sure yeah we got collective static grenades Hey, right? <laughs> Woot. Uh, uh, the, um, uh, she then uh, collects up with medical teams that uh, Eli has together. Are we talking like four or five medical teams? You've got enough officers to maybe have even like five or six. Everybody, I'm thinking you know. about, yeah, four. Four? Yeah, four. Okay. Four medical um, teams, one including myself. One including yourself, one including um, uh, one including Doctor Three, um, and you guys head down to the uh, head down to what uh, Rick and Quentin have already finished of uh, you know with um, with Bryce earlier, and uh, the ship now is lifting as I said in sensor range of the passive sensors are showing 47 uh, ice signs that are not Borg. And it is showing dozens upon dozens. I mean, I, I, I could pick a number, but then I'd have to like make it exactly that number that you fight on the ship or something. But no, it's a lot of, there, there are a lot of Borg on that ship and the 47 uh on Borg life signs are on the far lower decks of the ship. Um, um, quick question. Without power. 
if we're bringing our people in, can we beam them out? I should scan. You don't know. Uh, once you once you switch to active scans, you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to know. Yeah, but then there's that sphere. So, mm-hmm. sir, what about by. if we send in a small security uh, team, we can set up some pattern enhancers. At that point, it should be easier to beam them out without being noticed by the sphere. That would be good. Um, how about uh, how close can we get to that ship? How close do you want to get? Uh, can we dock or cut a hole? Not with uh, Kara. Your answer would be not with the Reliant. Away. Um, the Reliant's just too big, and um, the sphere is it. It's making a pattern now of scanning the area where where the Texas is. It's like yeah, right. moving. It's moving in a circle around that area. So possibly a smaller vessel. Well, sir, we could get close enough and grab it, but that wouldn't do us any good, and it would get us noticed by the Borg. However, we do have a complement of shovels, sir. I hear we've got a new one that's got a blast shield. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be my second option. So we can certainly get the pattern enhancers working, but I also want additional escape options. So at least one or two shuttles should also attempt a couple with a ship or attempt a couple with a ship but at a point closest to the um Texas and ideally well let's see we might be able to dock in the star drive section sir that wouldn't be too far away from the survivors are and if we could get them back to the docking bay we could actually send them out on the transporter on the shuttle Bryce um Bryce stands up at his console on the back of the bridge and he says captain there are Talked to me files of uh, intelligence assets where we could basically be like slapping a comm badge on somebody and you'd have a transporter signal. Um, and he, uh, uh, and you can see, Kara, he is right now taking your advice to heart. He should not have said that. I specifically, I specifically told him not to ask for permission, but I suppose in this case he needs help. So yes, he is taking the. No, 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 no. Um, in in this case, yeah, he can't can't access the files that he's talking about, Marcus. But you see them. Uh, he sent them down, so you can look at your um, you know, your arm console and see what he's talking about. He knows that there are basically transporter tags. Yeah, up on people, but he access to rep to to call up the files to make the replicators make them. Uh, I love this we guy. This, Can we get ten more like him? We need those transporter tags. Also, um, I want the away mission or away team equipped with them. Can we automatically set them to activate if and transport to the containment units if they detect signs of nanoprobes in the um, uh, crew member wearing it? Um, it's obvious that he doesn't know from the um, actually has a very expressive look on his face literally can't unlock that file there's only one person on this ship who can and that's you I unlocked a file for him unlock the file and he says 
with a little bit of modification, absolutely. All right, let's get those emergency uh, B-band tags uh, installed. Also, I need as large of a complement as possible uh, for anyone we might find on that ship. I can pilot the shuttle and I can handle a phaser, sir. I volunteer. Uh, let's see, I'll need actually, oh, okay, so I've got Bryce as my tactical officer. So Janik, I- oh, No, no, say, Bryce is a security officer. Okay, well, can he also man tactical? Can? doesn't like it okay. i mean it's not his his deal everything he's done that you've seen him like is security that's what he's so used to okay doing. so i'm definitely going to keep janik on the bridge with me because i also want green dragoon firing torpedoes if i need someone to fire torpedoes okay uh yeah unless unless green dragoon really wants to go and get redshirted no it's more of a question of clarification okay See, i i personally think um, and, you know, Baz doesn't have to include this, but uh, I earlier mentioned that I think that this this would be a perfect six-person away team because this is the kind of thing that calls for multiple security officers. I think that Jenik and um, Kendra and, um, uh, <laughs> and Bryce should all be on this mission. Okay. I think Marcus is mostly just worried about who's going to fire the weapons on the ship when everybody else leaves. It's a big uh, space bar. It's not that hard. Okay. So, okay. So, I, ca I can get support. So, I know. So, okay. So, Janik is free to go on the way team. Oh, right. I forgot Tardigrade. We could call him up and have him man the weapons on the ship. He's been given a special note. Um, he, listen to he's one. not skilled to it, but if worse comes to worse, Rick can do it. He's just not skilled in it. We're about to beam onto a ship that has an absolute minimum of power. Um, there is no one I think needed on this mission more than Rick Deer, perhaps. Um, except for maybe... Um, uh, Captain, I will probably need to go, given that we need to make sure the pattern enhancers can break through any interference plus any other unexpected problems. Uh, wait, could you say that one more time? I probably need to go in order They're to compensate for any... Very good idea. Any variations in the... Um, in, the brand, and in the brand new intelligence tech that you're arming me with. <laughs> 47 split six ways. What does that come out to be? Each of you is carrying like... Seven. Eight, seven or eight, yeah. Each of you is carrying like seven or eight pattern. Um... Hot damn, my lucky number. So, um, that said, the Reliant um, uh, Moon moves uh, moves into the uh, uh, Moon moves into the piloting seat and um, he's He's actually very good at keeping reliant um, in between keeping debris at varied levels in between defiant and that um, and that sphere. And uh, he also he also manages to kind of drift the ship so that when your shuttle launches, you're launching. You you don't even need to 
more than like hit your power and then cut it because you could drift and use uh, maneuvering thrusters to to make your way into their shuttle bay. Kara gives um, him a quick slap on the shoulders. Moon, the Reliance yours. It might remain here. Oh, when, and you, when you say moon, the Reliance Shores, and, and in the shuttle bay, he basically gives you, like, the perfect um, perfect shot at fire your thrusters, cut them, and then drift through the Texas. And, and there, there is a question, Chad. Do we need to replicate frequency modulators for our phases? No. In fact, um, when, uh, when he is preparing... Um, the security teams. There are rules in Starfleet Adventures for force fields. This a uh, true thing? Uh, yeah, there is. Uh, I was looking at them. There's a personal force fields. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, that is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing, because um, in in the uh, in the shuttle, um, you basically have a one replicator unit to replicate your equipment with and on the on the uh the first thing he does when he steps aboard is you guys have your all of the phaser weapons are being produced um there is like there is a a slight delay when you remodulate the weapons but it should be able to keep up the Borg's adaption is what he said. Is what uh, Bryce says. He says these should be able to keep up with the Borg's adapt with with the Borg's ability to adapt to what we're hitting them with. He has uh, these interesting. They're they're an attachment to your belt that produce a force field around you. Uh, you now have shields. Um, he uh, he makes our he he makes. Um, uh, essentially uh, armored vests for everyone, but they're not like discovery armored vests. They are, um, they're like a 2409 version of like those discovery security vests. And he, uh, he steps away and, um, you know, everybody is able to get their equipment very quickly out of this thing. It's, it's like he steps up, presses a button, uh, presses three buttons actually, because he sets it so that all of your weapons come out with a remodulating setting. Um, no, it's not the motion picture effects. Um, but all of uh, all six of you have uh, essentially like a way team sort of like slightly armored version of your normal uniform, and and the uh, the vest in the style of something from 2409. He steps away with a phaser rifle of some kind. Uh, I think Janik and Kendra, you're both trained in security, and so is Kara. He steps away with some sort of uh, uh, an automatic laser rifle of some kind. Uh, it's pretty long. <laughs> so you guys can all have everything you want for going on to the board ship in terms of all of that. And um, hang on and don't yell. Kara, you need to make one of those amazing piloting rolls because it is, uh, in this case, it is daring and con. So your number is 12. You crit on a five or uh, you crit on a five or less. I am going to use, how many players do I have tonight? One, two, three, 
four, five, six, seven, eight. I am going to use one point of threat to up your um to up your or catastrophe uh whatever application range to nineteen to twenty. can get Harry. One success. It was all you needed. One success. Successfully fire the maneuvering thrusters and not have to use any of your main power except for minimum for life support. Um, and drift yourself into uh, into the shuttle bay and and activate the activate the magnets on your uh, you know on on your shuttle so that you so that you land and are secure in their shuttle bay uh the uh the power is down you are going to have to engage uh engage um helmets and magnetized boots until you can get on board the ship um it looks like uh least here in the shuttle bay it's open to space um and the uh helmets on people and i want a comm check going i don't want anybody going silent on us um waitley what do you want to be reaching out and sensing at this point as the shuttle lands in the oh um as the shuttle lands in the um uh, in, in the bay, what do you want to be trying to sense? Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to sense is, as the case. Greatly is trying not to sense the board. We'll put it that way. Can focus uh, on your team. He is focusing on the team. He is trying to focus on survivors. He's trying to focus on because um, you know he's at a station on the bridge. He is uh, he is trying to specifically and explicitly focus on where they need to go and who they need to save, so that he can tell them where they're at and 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 what situation they're in. But he is doing everything he can do to not read the board. Insight in medicine gives you a fifteen. Don't know why your focuses don't. Uh, yeah, your focuses don't necessarily apply. Something is giving you uh, is giving you focus benefit of four or less. So it's fifteen with four or less being the critical. I'm going to spend my last point of threat on this. Nineteen or twenty um, are the bad times. So complication of two? The complication of at nineteen or twenty. Which is gonna be so much fun. Oh man. Uh, well, you bitch. put the complication in wrong, Waitley. Oh, oh did okay. they? Oh. Yeah, the complication is supposed to be nineteen, not two. Okay, oh. there we go. Oh in that okay. case my bad. In that in that case it's simply two successes, no complications. Okay. Um, um, yeah, two successes, no complications. Um, survivors have um, di- diverted the power to the 
to the rearmost sections of the ship, which include um, engineering, um, a habitat area, um, cetacean ops, uh, which is on one of the lower, low, low decks back there. Um, fortunately, the engine was, you know, was not one of the things cut in two. It simply, uh, they just simply can tell that they have no power and that they're scared. Um, and because um, you got two successes and not just one, you can tell um you can tell that there uh there is at least one mind on that ship that is familiar but you need to um spend that last point of um momentum that you have to get more information i'm uh, uh with with everyone's permission i'm going to spend that point of momentum do it I think we might want to hold on to that until we actually get into a combat situation. We're going to be rescuing uh, everyone anyway. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, hold on, hold on. What? <laughs> what? What happened? Um, I suggest um, uh, that this is one of those points in time that by spending one momentum, you can gain additional information. And and that's what I, I would like to do. But we now have. So how many momentum do we have? One. It's your last point for right now. Okay. So Marcus can spend a, de a point of determination to generate two momentum if you really need it. Okay. That that assuages me. Go right ahead. So okay. Is that a consensus? Because I, I think we've established we, yep. we don't like to spend momentum without a consensus. Go for it. Do it for it. Do it now. Do it now, my gosh. All right. Um, is your question the one that I see in chat? Do you feel space mom? Yes. The question. That's that's what I thought would probably yeah, I just check in and all. Um where you is... did say I sent someone familiar, but I couldn't tell who they are. Yeah. Um I'm guessing that's who it is, so I'm reaching out to um, that sense of familiar. There is a reason that the Borg are uh, the the Texas. You you are sure the Texas went down very recently. Um, th this was a very recent attack. Um, and that this all happened very suddenly. Um, and um, that call of Borg is the reason that they are uh, assimilating this Starfleet ship so efficiently. And um, that's a very the call of Borg has a very familiar mind. That's Space Mom. Waitley is going to go against his better judgment because, contrary to popular opinion, he does actually give a shit about people. He is going <laughs> to focus on her. Dude, that really he does is going to locate her. Uh, she is advancing on uh, the lower decks. Um, you have, uh, with, with those successes and the more inform and the, the momentum for more information. I um, see what you did she, there, by the way. <laughs> she is, she is with, um, a contingent of Borg, uh, who are, um, 
who are fast assimilating the Texas from the inside out. You can um, you can now see from like the Borg's point of view where that kinetic cutting beam sliced the saucer in half. Um, it's beginning to start like Borg stuff is starting to grow over the edges of the ship um, in where it was cut. And um, they are advancing down to the lower decks. Um, you can immediately she um she is in charge um or or they are in charge or um Bob call is she's in, charge in the front at, yeah in the front in charge uh and they are they do not consider the survivors below um any sort of a threat um you are aware before you leave her mind that um, she is calculating a new threat as they are assimilating the decks, and um, you see her boom down to the next deck along with um, her crew of Borg assimilating the ship. And and, and the idea here is the 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 way to see it is um, imagine like a deck of a Starfleet ship, and the Borg just moving along the walls like ants, like sticking tubules into the walls, into computer panels, and just dozens of them, some of them wearing Starfleet uniforms, um, assimilating the ship. And, and that it, it's, it's a terrible thought to me. Um, it's like they're making the ship into a zombie. We've all seen First Contact. We, 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 I'm pretty sure we all have a good visual of this. All and, right. And, so, and Waitley, you're back in your own your own head because um, you think that uh, had you stayed any longer, like trying to figure anything more out, um, you don't have any more momentum. Um, but <laughs> you're like you think if you had stayed any longer, um, that that would have been a bad thing. All right. Um, so you at least know what they're doing over there. If I recall correctly, uh, Graves is leading this team, right? Indra. No, I'm on the ship. Oh, uh, uh, who's, who's leading the team? I missed that part. Okay, so... Waitley, Graves, uh, Ensign Moon, and uh, an unnamed officer at Tactical. So because um, this is just how Waitley is... It would be quicker and easier for him to do this than to actually tap his comm badge and speak. And because he has the familiarity with Kendra that he has, mm-hmm. he's just going to shoot right into her brain and tell her everything he got. Oh, Kendra, you're on the shuttle. Just as it docks and um, just as uh, Kara has said, helmets on and let's keep some checks. And uh, when when you say helmets on and let's keep comm checks, um, Bryce taps the control on. There's a control on the front of armor. It's just just kind of like a, a button that you tap. It's not even really a button. It's something you tap, and a, uh, a helmet does like that science fiction like forms over your head thing. And um, he he gets his uh, his rifle ready, and he says, "Do you still need to breathe?" And stands at the door, ready to uh, ready to head on to uh, ready to head on to the ship. And um, that's when you get this uh, burst in your mind from Waitley saying, "Kendra, this is what I just 
this is this is what I just found, and everything that you just heard, um, I think is what you know he tells you all of it. No, ma'am, we're ready for the order to advance. Car is with Bryce holding a position near the door, ready to sweep out into the bay and check for board. Commander, you're right. <sighs> yes. The the last thing Kendra hears before Waitley cuts his uh, psychic link, well, cuts his half of the psychic link, because he's going to be, you know, paying attention, um, is I, I believe you and I both agree that this is an extreme priority. Yeah, and you unfortunately just got a very, very hard emotional and mental shove. And then you're like, you're like, okay, this, yep, yep, okay. And um, he's uh, a counselor and a therapist. He's used to it. <laughs> away team, um, your, uh, uh, your, your helmets form, and the uh, uh, Bryce looks back and says, "Do we have a go?" Yes. The sound of the air escaping from the shuttle fills the air, even though in space there is no sound, just because it's sci-fi cool. The audience can hear it. The audience can hear it. I just want to note, I didn't tell anybody. I know. You guys all know something's wrong, but you don't know what's wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the... And, um... Uh, he moves out, and Akara uh, and uh, anyone else uh, moving out. He is uh, is a security officer. He is sweeping that shuttle bay, and he back and forth as he moves forward, like four or five steps. Kara recognizes someone who's better than her, so she stays behind him and simply covers any blind spots he has. at the other end of the bay and not coming this way. Sorry, three what? Work. Car motions to Janik and Bryce so that each of them can line up and take a shot at the board across the bay. Uh, Janik prepares and uh, to take aim. Holds and wait for his, his order to fire. Kara does likewise and waits for Bryce's order. Bryce looks back at uh, Kendra and says, we don't have to engage them if they're not Starfleet and if they're not engaging us. We're going to, try and, we're going to try and kill as few people as possible doing this. If possible... Knowledge. Use stun. If not possible, try to incapacitate, not kill. Should we have someone at least watch the shuttle, since there are Borg in the area? Uh, he keeps his gun. Uh, he's still looking through the site as uh, Bryce steps back over to the ship, and he goes, don't you know? And he taps something on the side. The doors close, and you see the shuttle, you know, the, the, you, you basically see this it's a blast shield. And it, um, and it comes down over the front of the shuttle. And it comes down over the side. And he goes, blast shields. 
Oh, so that is the new one. Well, I guess our ride is safe for a while. Say, oh, so that is the new one. I guess our ride is safe for a while. And he goes, let's have the bet. We have the best in the fleet. He holds his uh, gun up again and he says, yeah, they're not coming this way. All right, ma'am, you take point. The rest of us will cover you. Rick, please look around for any place you can get some power going on this tub. So, um, would Rick have a chance to ha- get the uh, schematics for the for the Texas? I have the schematics for the um, Constitution refit class, certainly. Um, any special adjustments to the Texas? No. But, All right. Uh, um, you could quickly find this is the way the Constitution refit was laid out. All right. So our goal is to to get to the survivors first, correct? Correct. All right. So I will. I will. Um, uh, Rick will examine the. The the um, would have examined the, the the schematics and have a rough idea where to go, so he will he will um, he will direct them uh, down whatever appropriate corridor and uh, looking for um, for uh, like any external like power supply things that he can put in to open doors or whatever if um, he needs to. There are still a large number of Borg at the front. You're coming in, um, essentially imagine you're coming in in the middle of the wreckage. And oh, okay, so, a- so how many, okay, so there's a lot of, so we're just going to have to find I know what I can way. do. I know what I can do. I'm, I'm not a great drawer, but um, I make drawings um, sometimes. <laughs> Meanwhile, so. while you're drawing, Kara's just looking back at the Borg. You know, it's really creepy that they're just standing there. It's like they don't even notice us. You're looking a- through the sights of your gun. That's entirely what it feels like. It's like they don't even notice you. Honestly, if they were to come charging at us screaming, that would be less creepy. She stops oh, sighting through the gun just in case. Better to not accidentally shoot someone. Like I said, my name is Simon, and I love to do drawings. Um, the, this is absolutely terrible, but um, should definitely be shared with the show because it's so terrible, Baz. Um, <laughs> this is um, the basic idea. Um, I'll be done in just one little tiny moment. Um, you guys... This is the part of the show where Rick is probably futzing with the cover of a Jeffrey's tube or something, so don't worry. This would be. This is also general information that you guys would would be able to have. I just, it's it. Yes, this is about to seem. Oh goodness, it's totally a chalk drawing. But you know what? Chalk drawings. You work with what you have. 
right, so here's another question. Would um, Jeffrey's tubes be able to get us there in reasonable time? Um, absolutely. Um, so here is what you have. Uh, the entire front half of the ship, the big red thing, all of that, all of the saucer inside of there is gone. As you can see, it would have cut the bridge in half too. Um, and the ship is just listing in space, fumes uh, uh, and power conduits just leaking plasma out into the um, out into space around the ship. And the shuttle bay on the Constitution classes were high up on the back and, and close close to the kind kind of close to the saucer. But what you have is up in the saucer, there's still a lot of Borg life signs up there. Um some of them um very well may be Starfleet, you do not know. And the ship had a complement of 600-ish people. You know there are only 47 on here that are not Borg right now. Um, you come in, there's still a lot of Borg. The front of the ship ahead of you, you have, let's say, 11. How many decks did a ship like this have? Um, does deck, what deck would engineering be on? Deck 8? Maybe, and then there would be like two more decks below it. So um, you need to get down to deck nine, which is in the same area of the ship that you're in. Um, and the best you're going to be able to do in getting there, if you want to try to restore power, if um, if any of the individual areas on the ship, like laboratories or med bay, have independent generators, you might be able to restore power there. Alright. Um So in terms of of um um what's it um breathability and and um what's the word life um support um how ship. is that shift from is that? Make a, see where the red circle intersects the saucer. Take another, come back closer to where you are, which is the blue star, and make another circle that's about halfway between. Everything behind that still has life support. Minimum still has life support. Um, most of the power, though, is being shunted low deck nine and below. Um, it looks like there are force fields in place around engineering, but they are super weak. Boom. Thank you, Cass. Look at that. How many decks? Man, there's a crap ton of decks. 28. Okay, so uh, what, 51? Okay. Oh, that's 51 places that the, 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 uh, the MSD goes to, but it's still a lot of decks. Um, we're going to say, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with it's everything below uh, deck nine and below is where most of the power life support is being shunted. And uh, there is it's like somebody saying we can't afford to take force fields around engineering down. And so there are still force fields there. You don't think this ship has a whole lot of, you know, life or power left in it. 
and all of you step off of the shuttle bay, which, I mean, imagine walking in magnetized boots in, in armor with, like, these cool, like, 2409 helmets, and, like, you're floating across shuttle bay and looking at out at both ends looking out at the back end of the shuttle bay there is simply no force field in place that's just space there um and toward the front of the 500 crew thank you um the uh toward the front of the shuttle bay uh Three Borg appear to be uh, assimilating shuttle docking control systems. Uh, as you're leaving, Quentin, um, that's an easy, easy scan for you to make. That's what they are assimilating at the other end of the bay is docking control systems uh, at this point. Three of them in the bay. And all of you now move on to the decks of a Constitution class refit ship, movie Enterprise, essentially, with 2409 feel to it. And um, Like usual, Kara can't keep her mouth shut. She just looks at everybody. Everybody know the whole little rhyme, shave, and a haircut? We get to someplace inhabited. Make sure you knock on the door with that so that they know we're not bored. I don't want to get shot by Starfleet today. Well, first we need to get there, and um, can I, if, can can we access Jeffrey Tubes easily enough to bypass as much of the Borg and get oh, down there? Um, I have no threat left. I don't do the double the amount of, uh, maybe I should start doing it, double the amount of players that I have. I do it equal to the amount of players that I have. Um, and uh, in this case, as you'll simply need to make uh we're gonna call it reason and secured no reason and engineering bring you a target number of 16 uh none of your focuses apply all right uh so this is just the straight Roll. You need one success. Oh, 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 oh. That's, that's terrible. Um, that's do it. you need some? Oh, wait. Rick has his determination, right? No, I uh, used it. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I can spend um, a point of my determination. Can anybody help? You two momentum. Oh, this is beautiful. Okay, right. so I can only re-roll one of these, because I got two complications, not 20. Mm -hmm. Normally that would be great in D&D &D and everything else, but... No, right? Here we go. I love it. Uh, I think this has got to stay, because you can't really do anything. Oh, I think... Uh, um, you can turn that into threat. If uh, if Waitley is observing this, is there anything oh, he can oh, do nope, to help? Nope. Nope, not at all. Um, Damn it. Because you don't know any more than Rick knows. Rick, as far as Rick is concerned, um, the the Jeffrey's tubes that he uh, that 
he has found should get them down to deck eight and engineering pretty quickly with a minimum of, of a minimum of interaction with things that are occurring on the deck, uh, on the decks of the ship. Um, Rick, you are confident. That, uh, can, um, can I use two, um, you on deck threat to reroll one of those? Um, do what? You want to give me some threat? Give me some threat? Absolutely. How much threat I mean, do I get? That's the only option we have. Like, this is something I don't really want to, you know, mess up. I mean, to be fair, we have noticed that uh, Hippie is really bad about using threat. <laughs> oh, no, no. I know exactly what, what the threat would be used for this time. Okay, so oh, I did do get one success. One success and one complication, right? Yeah. Okay, you are certain you have found um, a proper bunch of Jeffrey's tubes that will put you down onto deck eight. Deck eight is engineering. I know that's probably not what it really is. I didn't look at the schematics. But um, you know that that's the engineering deck. Um, that's the top engineering deck, actually. And that's the deck that um, there are force fields being kept over that that part of the engineering deck deck nine is the bottom of the engineering deck and that's getting life support um and there are people down there you're the best that you found that you can do is get yourself down to deck eight and you have two options you can either put yourself good distance away from engineering uh, not like too terribly far, but you could. You don't have to drop down like right in front of engineering on deck eight. You could also potentially, because they're so low power right now, you could potentially go through the force fields that are protecting engineering on deck eight. What do you want to do? So if if we go through it, the shields, they're likely to would they're likely to be to fail, or would they just likely to? No, you think you're you're positive you could do that without making those shields fail because they're so low power. Okay. Would be like a site to tra site transport through a really good door lock. Not gonna matter, <laughs> kind of thing. Okay. Well. Hmm. Uh, let's let's do it. Let's go through the blue power shields. Okay. So. So are we all following him through the Jeffrey's tubes? It it does seem. Uh, Bryce will say it does seem to be a good option if we want to avoid any of the Borg that are ahead of us, because there are some. He's looking. He's looking at his tactical scanner and putting it back on his belt because there are some, and you can tell he means there are a lot. <laughs> All right, Baz, you lead the way, or Rick. Sorry, Rick leads the away team down uh, through Jeffrey's tubes. This 
is incredible. This this is such like a, a tense like I'm imagining like you know that tense moment in um you know a horror movie when when you feel like something's about to go wrong, um and uh it was not wrong going through the uh, the Jeffries tubes um oh, oh man does it ever things go quick and without incident. And drop down right into deck eight in, in right in engineering. And you can see the uh, uh the force field it's it's so low power that it's flickering. It's blue flickering color you can really only see around the door of the room and surrounding the top of the warp core. There are no Borg in here. Yes. Then, then, door to engineering clicks open. Um, as in, like, something unlocks the door to engineering. And the door rises up, and through this flickering blue force field, you see uh, you see Captain Jordan Cole, um, orgified, um, with a dozen orc standing on the other side of that flickering blue light, and she says. biological and technological distinctiveness will be added to our own existence. It's futile. Down. It's three hours a game. 